Hi, and welcome to Chart of Fortune, the astrology podcast where I look at the birth charts of the moments and things that made pop culture. I'm your host, Elise Blaylock, and I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled pop culture astrology pod to bring you breaking Benefer astrological news. Yeah, say try like try to say that five times fast because I just did and it sucked. Anyway, earlier this week, the world learned that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck spent an entire week in Montana at his private home there. And I know what you're thinking. Like, it is Taurus season. We cannot just stop what we're doing and spend time discussing every 2000s couple that reunites or follows each other on Instagram or, like, likes a post. We have things to do. We have opinions. We had plans. We we don't want to mix it up this time of year, okay? It's fixed earth sign time, baby. And I totally agree. I have Jupiter in Taurus. I'm stubborn. So next week's episode will honor the second sign of the do- zodiac. Taurines, don't say I didn't do anything for you. Not a lot, but not nothing. But let's be clear about this week's episode. Whether you were Team Benefer, whether you loved it or you couldn't stand the media circus that became the Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez relationship, this pair was everywhere all the time. It was impossible to go to the grocery store in the early 2000s and not be bombarded by photos of them exiting large black SUVs and posing on red carpets. You could not watch the dearly departed E! News, rest in power, without hearing news about them. The frameless oversized sunglasses and velour tracksuits of yesteryear were tangible reminders of what ultimately was an ephemeral romance. And let us not forget that our love of smushing famous celebrity names together began here with Benefer. Yes, they predate Brangelina, Tomcat, Jill and Spoon, side note on Jill and Spoon, what in the actual fuck, Kim Ye, and so on. So the fact that this relationship has possibly been ignited 17 years after the fact, like some kind of pop culture cicada emerging from the ground and making all sorts of goddamn noise, it is worthy of an emergency astrology pop culture episode. If you are looking for an unadulterated adoration of Benefer, then as Jayla would say, I ain't be cooking all day, I ain't gonna do your laundry, this ain't that podcast. And also, I live with a Leo and a dog that I really am leaning towards having her as Leo rising, so I am fresh the fuck out of compliments this week. And can we also be real for this moment and say that this kind of PR, Benefer 2.0, is giving the parties in Benefer 2.0 the exact attention that they likely want in April of May, May of 2021. Because as you might remember... Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas ended their relationship in January of this year, and it's been about a month or so since J-Rod, or J-Rod, was that the name? Jennifer and A-Rod ended their engagement. Now, you and I both know the realities of the pop culture cycle, and that is that Ben will still, someday, maybe, have to do press for his movie with Ana de Armas, and he will have to face a litany of personal questions about why things ended with Ana. Though we all know that because Ana de Armas is a woman and slightly less famous than Ben Affleck, she will be asked more deeply inappropriate and personal questions about this ended relationship. I know personally I'm waiting with bated breath, however weird that is, to learn and understand why there was a cardboard cutout of Ana de Armas in Ben's front yard for some time. R.I.P. to this couple, dubbed by Banana, by fellow pop culture podcast Who Weekly. If only Ben's back tattoo had somehow died in the dumpster fire that was 2020. 
Now, if you don't know anything about this back tattoo, please Google this and die a little on the inside. If Ben Affleck was ever someone you were vaguely attracted to. My apologies. Meanwhile, Jennifer Lopez is likely looking to shift her public narrative for being potentially cheated on by A-Rod. You cannot convince me that any person, let alone Jennifer Lopez, is comfortable with the internet all musing that some lesser castmate of Southern charm was in an off-and-on internet relationship with her fiancé and a bunch of other dudes. Like, Jennifer Lopez was the flawless star of Hustlers. Kiki Palmer was a close second, but... Jennifer Lopez has really, like, transformed herself. She was obsessed with Chip and Joanna Gaines when I was obsessed with Chip and Joanna Gaines all the way back in 2018. And this A-list breakup cannot be the end of her pop culture, like, relevancy cycle. It, It can't end here for her. So maybe this is some salty inner dialogue, or maybe it's a Mercury and Gemini moment, but maybe we can agree that this new story definitely benefits both of these people. They both get a much-needed, arguably much-needed, PR win. And I think that whatever Benefer 2.0 is actually all about, it's not likely that it's one specific thing. It could be that these two are old friends, and they're just catching up. More on that later. Maybe more cynically, they feel like giving things another shot would make them collectively even more famous and relevant. And hey, if they reconcile after 17 years apart and five kids later, they can chalk it up to a win-win. Because you and I both know that People.com is crawling all over themselves to pay for any photos that might come of this reunion. So far, they've been spotted out publicly in a car with windows that aren't tinted, uh, boarding a private jet in the middle of the day, and just... So we're all honest here. These are not the steps you take when you don't want people to be in your business, right? Because private jets can fly at any time of day or night. Thank you, uh, Jody Sweeten on E! News for mentioning this. So props to her. And you can, of course, rent cars with dark tinted windows or use multiple cars so that you can, you know, arrive at the same private home separately to throw off the paparazzi. And for reasons I'm going to explain in this episode, this behavior is just peak benefer to me, right? It's saying publicly you've been chased all over town and you're just trying to have a private moment. But in reality, you're not doing things that make it very private. And you don't really want to do things to keep it private. It's this weird, you know, tension. It's a song and dance that they both know all the moves to. But it's here that I have to mention Benefer 1.0, I guess that's what we'll call them, was in a completely different media climate than Benefer 2.0. At the time, early 2000s, social media did not exist in the way it does now. If people wanted to become famous or more famous, they called the paparazzi or their agents called the paparazzi. They had staged photo ops. They let photographers know when and where they'd be out. If you are really hankering to hear more about this phenomenon, you need to listen to the Kitson episode because it is all about the staged photo op and the paparazzi and Los Angeles uh, celebrity culture. So tune on in if you haven't listened to that one. But right before Jen and Ben got together, Us Weekly became a weekly publication. So sometime in 2000, I believe it was just called Us Magazine prior to that time that it became Us Weekly, which is what we know it is now. So 2000, they're like, we're going to move to a weekly publication. And as a result, this is when Us Weekly pioneered those really shitty features like celebs running errands or celebrities all in photos of jeans or celebs are just like us. They get coffee and look exasperated. That's when that became mainstream. 
But the increase in publication time, right, because now it's every freaking week instead of monthly, means that they have to fill a ton more glossy pages. And we all know that relationship stories have been the preferred topic since the earliest days of the Hollywood studio system. This, you know, change in Us Magazine to Us Weekly is a heady mix when it's combined with Ben and Jen who want to be more famous and a media climate that's only too happy to help them achieve that goal. And then, as they always do, they plan to throw Benefer under the bus when it sold more magazines or when they would inevitably end a relationship because all relationships end. Think about that. That's called having a really prominent Scorpio and Pluto placement. Okay, and on that darker me having a Scorpio-Pluto placement, I also like have to mention this perennial disclaimer that this relationship, Benefer, like so many others in Hollywood, was subject to some dark and very unfair narratives. In this case, many a tabloid was trying to create this dichotomy between Ben Affleck and Jennifer Aniston because Ben Affleck's an easygoing Boston boy who fell for a movie star and a singer-dancer, and he got swept away. Jennifer was just using his fame, his Oscar win, for her own career boost. And yeah, he was an Oscar winner, but lest we forget in the early 2000s, Jennifer had the number one movie with The Wedding Planner and the number one album with J.Lo at the same time. No one has done that since. I'm sorry, Crossroads with Britney Spears was not eligible for this. It didn't happen. I know, we'll move on. Our hearts are heavy. But J-Lo at this time is undoubtedly the better known star. How you like them apples, Affleck? And you don't have to look too hard on the internet to be reminded that some people really could not get on board with the idea that a successful, truly very successful Latina triple threat would be dating a Boston white guy. Yeah, Ben Affleck, of course, speaks conversational Spanish, and he was actually born in California. But in the early 2000s, people espoused their backward, misogynist, racist opinions like every day was a Fox News segment. So at least I guess in 17 years, that's the other pop culture cicada that's come back out. So part of pop culture followers sighed a great deal of relief, of course, when this relationship ended. Some of us were really sad. I know I felt like it was too much all the time, and I got kind of tired of it. But other people, you know, sighed this relief and looked around when Benifer broke up to find love with other people. Like, didn't it just seem so natural how Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner should be that preppy white brunette couple who seemed down-to-earth and all-American? I mean, I even mentioned that I liked Ben and Jen in my last episode on 13 Going on 30, and I think some part of it was that their relationship was just less publicized than this one. It felt like we got a much-needed reprieve from hearing about Ben Affleck. And on the other hand, how perfect would it be that Jennifer Lopez fell hard and fast to Mark Anthony, a fellow uh, musician, so they could make figurative and literal, beautiful Latin music together? I mean, holy casual racism, Batman. People are allowed to date who they want. So let us get into the birth charts in question. Because let's be real, I had thought about dedicating an entire episode to Geely, but found out that doing so would actually be included in the dictionary definition of cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, you can look it up. The real thing that you must understand, if you are going to understand the Benefer moment, is that they are both Leo suns and Scorpio moons. And if we can engage in some salty sunshine astrology real talk, 
Is there any part of you that actually thinks that two people who are Leo suns and Scorpio moons are low-key about their relationship? I I do not think so. Leos are ruled by the sun. They are a fixed fire sign. They love hard. And they often fall kind of fast for people. They tend to be pretty loyal. A Scorpio moon is someone who has these intense emotional feelings and needs, but they may not be the most forthcoming about expressing those to someone else. Leo likes to live out loud and Scorpio likes to work behind the scenes. So it's a pretty intense pairing. Think of Leo's as a red carpet gown and Scorpio's as a trench coat wearing mysterious stranger. And both of them have as their Leo sun Scorpio moon means that they have a sun square moon placement. So their sun sign is square their moon. And that means that they likely, you know, want to share those like Leo feelings that they, you know, like they want to share their feelings because they're a Leo, but they're also a Scorpio. So they have some tension around that. And then they meet someone who has that same tension going on underneath. And it's probably completely intoxicating and overwhelming. To meet someone who has similar, you know, outlook as you, it must feel really good to, you know, have met someone and feel like, wow, I feel like that too. Nobody ever seems to get that, but you do. And that tension between their Leo sun, the identity, the self-expression, the warmth of the sun, and the Scorpio moon, you know, this like scorpionic, dark, brooding, you know, lake only lit by stars, dark water energy, having... You know, that being what is controlling their emotional needs is really the perfect personification of the square-like tension they have with the media. Because if you Google Benefer, what you will find is that they often mention that publicity tore them apart. And to be fair, I think there is a misconception that they were dating in May Geely. We're going to get into the timeline in a moment. But they did make Jersey Girl together. He starred in a music video. And then they blamed the press for the oversaturation of their relationship when she dedicated an entire album to him like there is cross promotions galore but as soon as the media does it then it's too much I think that they're really playing with fire here quite literally I think that Benefer is also a direct result of Jennifer's early relationships specifically the relationship that she has with Diddy P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs you know which era of that person you are so choose accordingly. This relationship uh, ended after the two of them have been charged with criminal possession of a weapon after she and Diddy and some friends of theirs were at a nightclub and three people were injured when a gun went off. The charges were eventually dropped against Jennifer, but they weren't against Diddy. And I think that this really impacted Jennifer. To be clear, she stays with um, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy for a year after this. Um, So it wasn't like this happened and then the charges got dropped and she was like, okay, I'm leaving. Like, obviously, also, if you know anything about criminal law, um, you know that it's not just like a quick little, you know, handful of days from when you are charged with something to when it's like, you know, in court. But I think that this is something that really changed like her perception of self and maybe her perception of relationships. Like, Without getting into it, this was a scary moment for anyone. Like, it would be scary to be in an enclosed space and have a gun go off. It would be scary to, you know, uh, be dating someone and then through what sounds like no fault of your own, be possibly charged with criminal charges for something you didn't really do. 
it's scary, right? Like this is a man you trusted. It's a man who was far more powerful than she was at the time of their relationship. And they were very serious. You know, um, I included a link to a Dunzo podcast about this, but basically, you know, at the time, Jennifer and Puff Daddy, when they got together, were like, we're really serious and we want people to take us seriously. And, you know, this is like a music mogul relationship that people are going to want to pay attention to. And they really did a good job to kind of create that ethos. But after this happens, I think that that loss of control for anyone would be tough, but it's an absolute no-go for someone who has uh, a fixed sun and a fixed moon. That has got to feel like an absolute boundary, like breaking situation. And I think that because of that, Jennifer has made it a point to date and marry men who are a little less famous than she is. Now, she doesn't date what I would call civilians, so like normal dudes, but she does date men who are either a step down in her from popularity or they are people who are famous for something completely unrelated to her work. So there's like very clean lines here. I think some of this could also be, you know, astrologically, the fact that at this time, you know, in 2000, she's entering her 30s. She's going through her Saturn return. This is a really normal time for a lot of people to look around at their life, their work, their relationships, their home life, all of that stuff, and think like, oh, I got to make some changes. Like, this has gotten me to here, and this isn't where I want to be. Now, I don't know Jennifer's rising sign. I cannot find her birth time. So we don't know with her Saturn Saturn return happening what house that was in, because that might magnify things. There is a chance that it's in her seventh house of relationships. It could be in her 10th house of career. Um, It's not super clear. The other thing that's happening, though, is Pluto is forming a loose conjunction with her natal Mars. Now, this is not something that everyone will experience because, of course, it takes a really long time for Pluto to move through the signs, like over 200 plus years. So there's a chance that Pluto is never going to be in the same sign as your Mars. Um, don't sweat it though because it's not a great transit and it's a long transit it had already started um, a couple of months I believe before the breakup but this is a time when Mars and Pluto are involved that it's about upheaval and power shifts we think of Mars as like the god of war when we think of like um, old school you know Hellenistic astrology and Pluto is about upheaval it's about power it's about destroying things like And I think that there's this sense of like instability and almost an undertone of violence there. Um, And I think that's where that gun incident comes in Uh, that I think Jennifer's like, I'm not going to make some, I'm not going to keep dating these powerful guys and like not feel like I'm in control or uncomfortable or like I don't have a power dynamic that works for me. And I think that Pluto Mars moment is a chance for someone in that life to go like, oh, well now I've, I've seen the power dynamic and I've seen the volatility, that Martian volatility And I'm not here for it. So I'm not doing that anymore. On a lighter note, I did want to mention that Diddy has his natal Venus in Libra. And it is really kind of undersold or underexplored that he did have a brief impact on Jennifer's personal style. It kind of felt like an original moment of like Kanye kind of changing Kim Kardashian's um, vibe slightly. This is uh, around this time is when Jennifer wore the Versace dress. Like if you know anything about Jennifer Lopez you know the Versace dress so that's this era I think he really he's a Scorpio and I think he really allowed her to like find her Leoness because if you've seen photos of really early JLo she has like jerry curls and turtlenecks and she's not this like sleek feline goddess that 
so many people love. And I think in turn, this experience um, with Diddy, you know, helping her find her Leo persona, she kind of in turn takes Ben Affleck and his Cancer Rising, which is very soft and sweet, and his Scorpio Moon, which is kind of intense. And she's like, no, 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 you're a Leo. You need to dress like a Leo. Where is the fucking pomade? Okay, so unto others, right? Here we go. Let's get into this. Okay. Ben and Jennifer Lopez originally met on the set of Geely in December 2001, but they didn't start dating at the time because she was married. Um, If the timing is correct, he probably would have been a couple of months out from ending things with Gwyneth Paltrow. So it could be also that Ben just wasn't uh, maybe looking to date as well. In 2002, you know, after Julie wraps, J-Lo had opened a restaurant. She had started the action film Enough. If you haven't seen it and you're dying to see it, it's on, like, the E! channel every, like, third Wednesday or something. They seem to play it a lot. And she had become that rom-com star with a wedding planner. That's the movie with Matthew McConaughey where they lied to us and told us that M&Ms that are brown have more chocolate on it. But in all honesty, the chocolate, like, candy coating is all the same. So it's not just more chocolate. Um, Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the hype. Okay, Jennifer is on her way to becoming a cultural phenomenon. And on July 22nd, 2002, three days before she would file for divorce from her second husband, Chris Judd, she had her 33rd birthday party at Nobu in New York City. Amongst a sushi dinner with her friends, she introduced Ben Affleck as her new boyfriend. And things escalated further on July 24th, 2002, the cast and crew on the chambermaid this is the movie that's actually called made in manhattan um thank god they changed it from the chambermaid i cannot but anyway ben affleck just happened to be chilling in her trailer and there was a cast and crew birthday party for j-lo so she brought a piece of cake to him and they hung out in the trailer and probably canoodled or something um and then it was revealed later by a couple of different tabloids that he got her a very expensive diamond bracelet for her birthday Now, astrologically, Jupiter in 2002 is in the sign of Cancer, and this is highlighting Ben Affleck's rising sign. We do have a birth time for him. So uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are both Leo Leo Sun, Scorpio Moon. Ben, because we know his birth time, we know he is a Cancer rising. So his first house, right, because the Ascendant rules your first house, and he also has Venus in Cancer. And these are all getting highlighted by Jupiter. This moment is a time where relationships are the focus because we're getting that Jupiter expansion. It's getting some much needed energy from that planet. Basically, Ben's probably recovered, likely has recovered from his relationship with Gwyneth. And like your boomer relatives or coworkers might say, he's single and ready to mingle. Okay, I'm sorry. That was disgusting. Apologies. It's going to feel like I'm fast forwarding, but when I when you start doing the math, you're going to know I'm not really fast forwarding because in Octo- October of 2002, uh, it was announced that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were engaged, okay? And at this time of the year, Venus is in the sign of Scorpio, and that is activating their respective moons. Now, it appeared to the tabloids and people who have calendars and are good at math that they were moving really quickly because this engagement less than six months after being believed to have started dating feels very fast. Now, a lot of tabloids kind of guess as to when they started dating. I think we could safely say that like early July seems like a fair bet. She's separated, but not hasn't like fully filed for divorce. It's not public knowledge. She's getting divorced, but like July to October is not a lot of time. I think this relationship 
is like one of those moments where two people are just like really attracted to each other. Again, that sun moon parody, it's a really good vibe. It feels like somebody who really gets you. Even though JLo is a July Leo and Ben Affleck is an August Leo. So he is in the second decan of Leo, meaning he has like an influence of Jupiter as well. Um, I think they really got each other. But on some level, I think this is a weird relationship in that like, I cannot picture exactly what shared hobbies or interests that Ben and Jennifer like have in common. Like besides the work that they do, I don't know that they could write down their perfect weekend and it would be the same. I think that Jennifer Lopez is a hustler. She gets things done. She works very hard. And I think that Ben Affleck um, is a hard worker. But I just think that like Jennifer Lopez does not know the meaning of the word stop. And to add to the Leo energy of it all, around this time, Ben Affleck takes a full-page advertisement in Variety magazine. It ran right around the time of the engagement, and it said this, You have shown kindness, dedication, diligence, humility, graciousness of spirit, beauty and courage, great empathy, astonishing talent, real poise, and true grace. It has been nothing but an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to work with you. I only wish I were lucky enough to be in all of your movies. The ad was signed with love, respect, and gratitude, Ben Affleck. This is that thing that I was alluding to earlier where Ben and Jennifer were like, you know, the media circus was too much, and that's ultimately what ended this relationship. But then again, we see that Ben Affleck took out an entire page, Variety Magazine, to run that statement to Jennifer Lopez. Like, Ben of the early 2000s, you really want me to believe, especially now in 2021, when I've survived all of the nonsense that was the last like five years of our lives, that this little statement of yours was totally not planned and plotted. Like, yes, you know, your agent had to call and make sure they had an empty spot, but it's just a spontaneous act of love, you know, it has nothing to do with the fact that Geely's going to come out shortly after and we really need people to like it. And almost as soon as this relationship had begun, it would come crumbling down. They, uh, you know, went on to film Jersey Girl. It did not get good reviews. It's confusing movie because Liv Tyler is like the the main lead, like romantic interest for Ben Affleck's character. And Jennifer Lopez is in a couple of scenes as his dead wife. Um, so like maybe that's kind of Freudian. Um, not here for it. Like the relationship ended. Um Anyway, Ben Affleck is on site. He's filming a different movie, um, and it comes out. This feels very, okay, this feels very Chloe and Lamar to anyone, maybe. I think you you might remember that Chloe and Lamar got, like, engaged after only a handful of maybe a month of dating, so Benifer was slightly longer. And then it comes out that that, uh, Lamar, and in this case, Ben, was gambling and cheating, um, you know, he was canoodling with other women, to put it in PC early 2000s terms. And so these kinds of behaviors, like by these famous men, you know, you know how tabloid cycles work. The Even the idea that Ben Affleck would be in a group dinner or something without her, there are rumors, of course, that they are splitting, they're unhappy, um, you know, how could they get married? Are they going to get married? Um, Benifer was supposed to be married in Santa Barbara in September of 2003. 
they eventually decide to call off the wedding. They cited a lack of privacy from the media, but they decided to remain together. In January 2004, however, the relationship, it ends. Um, They issue a really kind of simple statement from J-Lo's camp that just says, I'm no longer engaged to Ben Affleck, and we hope for your privacy at this time. And at this moment, from a, a star perspective, Ben is coming out of his Saturn return and Saturn is moving to into the sign of Cancer. Ben's natal Saturn is in the sign of Gemini. So he's gotten through a Saturn return, just like how JLo had hers while she was dating Diddy. And now it's in Cancer. So you're thinking, oh, good. Like, okay, my Saturn return's over. I can breathe. Well, not if you're Ben Affleck, because of course, that means that Saturn now is all up in your first house because you're a Cancer rising. And it's hitting that Cancer and Venus placement that you also have in the first house. I've said this till I'm blue in the face. I know you're tired of hearing it, but just to like re in, like re-educate here. Saturn, it's delays, it's restrictions, it's setbacks. And I think that post-Saturn return, this moment of that first house being just like quashed completely by Saturn is Ben being like, okay, I'm in my 30s now. Like I have to behave and I all like behave in quotes. And also, like, my identity is so wrapped up into some of these behaviors that, like, I'm not sure how I can be Ben, who I want to be out on the town, and also be Ben, who's going to marry someone and is, like, it wants to be the happy, committed, stable relationship guy. Because I think Scorpio moons are intense, but I also think that, like, Scorpios are pretty intense, like, relationship people as well. And at this moment... For Jennifer, her natal Venus in Gemini is making an exact opposition with Pluto in in Sagittarius in January 2004. So the planet of relationships, planet of values, planet of money, that's what Venus does. It's being opposed by Pluto, which, of course, we talked about her Pluto transits before, that power transformation, the the idea that we're destroying something to pave the way for something else. Like, Pluto only destroys things with the idea that something can be rebuilt in its place. I'm sure you don't need me to tell you this, but just in case you do, like Pluto opposing your Venus is not a happy transit. Like it's about ending things in a Venus sector, right? It's about deep transformative change. So it's like all those Venus themes of values and relationships and money. It's like, Pluto is saying, like, we're done here. I think so much burner to the ground. This is about, like, you know, completely transforming parts of your life. And it's about dropping Ben Affleck like third period French. It must have been incredibly shitty to be Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and see these tabloids about their breakup. You know, they lived through this entire relationship where they were, you know, hounded by the press and saw all these headlines. Some of true, some are not. And to see it about your breakup would have been just, like, absolutely terrible. And just like the unkind headlines that, of course, had marked the entirety of their relationship, the Glossies did not pull any punches on this one. The canceled $2 million wedding when Us Weekly, our old friend, had reported that Ben just wanted to elope. The $2.5 million ring he only bought because she wouldn't have been happy with something small or not pink. And yes, Jennifer Lopez says she's Jenny from the blog, but like she makes a fair amount of money and she could have easily afforded that ring on her own. And you know what? Maybe this is controversial, but ask her what you damn well want. You want a two and a half million dollar engagement ring because you know your fiance can afford it. That's on you. That's your Venus journey. 
okay? Like, with headlines like, why Jen's mad at Ben now? As if any adult woman in a monogamous relationship would truly appreciate their fiancé being drunk and gambling and making out with other women in public. Like, why is she mad at Ben now? I don't know. Wouldn't you be? It's here that I have to admit a couple of things. The first is... I am deeply confused by a sentiment that Jennifer Lopez put in a memoir of hers that she said that her relationship with Mark Anthony, which we're not getting into this episode. Sorry if you were a Jennifer Mark stan. Um, the internet has places for you. But like she says this really cryptic thing in her book where she was like, Mark came into my life three days after I was supposed to be married to another man. And we know that Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez are like married within six months of Benefer ending so it's like when was this wedding was it not in September were you actually like starting to like in September after your wedding date that we don't know when it was you were then like chatting with Mark Anthony and then like he came into your life while you were still technically dating Ben Affleck like I don't that seems a little sketch I don't really blame her for wanting to move on but I feel like you put that in writing and like someone else is going to be better at math than me and realize that that seems like a little bit of a leapfroggy timeline the other thing I have to admit here that is a salty Gemini Mercury me just being a petty piece of shit is that I am exhausted personally by Ben Affleck I felt this way for a while I find him messy in a less than charming kind of way He's not that funny to me. Um, I don't love Goodwill Hunting. I have nothing against it. But like, he is hot, but he is not hot enough to me to warrant this behavior, especially now. And yes, like I will admit here that my entire personality could just really be that picture of Ben Affleck in a doorway. He's wearing a blue sweater. He's like closing his eyes and holding a cigarette in like a very palpable sigh. Like, he's just exhausted by life. He's become a meme. If you know, you know. If you don't, then Google it. Like, Ben, truly, please get well. But also, please stop being so irredeemable in my eyes. Like, I'm not going to pick Mac Damon over you because I don't like blondes, but I need you to tighten it up. Like, I don't want to have to pick Matt Damon and say, like, but we built a zoo and, like, make excuses for why, like, he's my favorite now. Like, clean it the fuck up. And this rant, rant, information sharing moment brings us to present day where I'm in fact still exhausted by Ben Affleck and my personality is still the picture of him looking long past exasperated. Now, if TMZ is to be believed, which is one of the more ironic things I've ever said on this podcast, they claim that Ben Affleck started emailing Jennifer Lopez in February of this year after seeing photos of her online. Like, I don't know if, if Ben's just like, hitting the refresh button on people.com or what the situation is. If he's a page six guy, we don't know. Maybe, maybe we should have seen this little email tete-a-tete coming because in 2012, he told the Hollywood reporter, we don't have the kind of relationship where she relies on me for advice, but we do have the kind of relationship where there'll be an email saying, oh, your movie looks great. They apparently had hung out with one another a few times after Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod broke up. They now, of course, spent a week in the woods. Jennifer must be falling back in love because she wore a grandpa sweater while boarding the private plane in the middle of the day. A grandpa sweater. Like, let's be real. In my imagination, she's on a group thread with Jennifer Garner and Honor de Armas, and she texted Jennifer Garner, like, 
If I wanted a cozy wool sweater with like a little bit of a pattern, Jennifer Garner, where would I buy one? Jennifer Garner was only too happy to reply and send some links. She was like, hey, Jennifer, it's Jen. I really like this L. Bean Fisherman one. It comes in six colors and it's machine washable. But this Land in one, Land's N one is 15% off. But I think the Ralph Lauren one with the toggle buttons is my fave. Exclamation point, smiley face, kissy face. And you know that Ana de Armas is also in this group thread and never says a goddamn thing, but lazily uses the iPhone responses by choosing a heart or a thumbs up as appropriate. She wants to be supportive, but she actually doesn't give a shit. To wrap this up, if you are a Benefer fan, I have some interesting astrological news about Benefer 2.0. Right now, Jennifer Lopez's natal Venus, it's always in Gemini, but right now it's in a very close degree of Venus which is also in Gemini. So in her birth chart, she is natal, like it's called natal. So Venus in Gemini. And right now Venus is in Gemini. This could be a moment where it feels like the relationship vibes feel really good. It feels worthy of her attention. Again, we don't have a rising time. So we're kind of screwed about like what's happening with her houses. And I know we wish we knew. Let's also not forget, though, that starting later this month, we are getting back into those Gemini Sagittarius eclipses. I talked about them on the political episodes leading up to the 2020 election. But just to kind of reiterate, she has Venus and Gemini, which rules her relationships, values, money. It is going to be it's like Gemini is a north node right now. So we're seeing some Gemini Sagittarius eclipses. There could be some serious changes in relationships or just um, those kind of Venusian themes. On another point, um, Ben Affleck has a placement called a vertex. We all have one in our chart. You need to know your exact birth time to be able to figure out your vertex. But his is in 25 degrees of Scorpio. Now, this is like how we have a rising sign or we have like a midhaven. It's a point in our chart. It is not a planet. It is not an asteroid. And it tells us something about the chart holder and the people that they have significant relationships with. So when we look at a vertex, we could look at it in our own birth chart, but it's actually very interesting to look at it when we're doing something called synastry, which is where we compare two people's charts together. Now, there is something called composite charts, and that's where you make like a mean. So you average out all of the placements between your two birth charts to kind of create the relationship chart. Like it's a third person. I really like synastry a lot because I think that it allows you to see two people at the same time without combining them. And I also obviously do a lot of event charts. So I think that's really telling too, is if you can figure out the day that you first started dating or your wedding day or some significant, like when you moved in some significant relationship day, that could be maybe more useful to me than a composite chart. But when we look at his vertex, the people that we know that he's dated in this industry, his vertex formed a loose conjunction with Jennifer Garner's vertex. Hers is in 19 degrees of Scorpio. Um, People who work with vertexes typically say it has to be around five degrees or less. Two is ultimately very significant, two or less. Um, So this conjunction that he has with Jennifer Garner's vertex, they're both in Scorpio. It has this energy of like this faded connection. Like there's some reason that these people are going to be in each other's lives. And I think that, you know, now that we've seen the end of Ben and Jen, like from a couple of years ago, that clearly like Jennifer was a stabilizing force in part of his life and, um, you know, obviously is a co-parent with him. And I think... Um, you know, given his Mother's Day post, I feel like that she did have this really nice, like, 
grounding, stabilizing, happy time in his life and that their fate was that they were going to like be in each other's lives to be parents with each other. But maybe, you know, like it wasn't meant to be forever. Now, Anadarmus has a Pluto in Scorpio placement because she is a millennial, but it's in 11 degrees of Scorpio. So it's way too far out to Ben's to be able to make a connection. So if you cared, that's the information. I think that kind of fits because there are a lot of people who weren't sure that Banana was like a real relationship. Um, You know, like, I don't know how significant it was. I don't know that we'll ever quite know. But Ben's vertex forms a very close conjunction with Jennifer Lopez's Scorpio moon, and it forms an exact conjunction with her Neptune in Scorpio. So this moon vertex connection in relationships talks about how the person with the vertex and the person with the moon experience each other. But the person who has the vertex and is communicating with a person who has the moon connection, like so Ben to Jennifer, I think that he felt like very connected to her emotional nature. Um, How she felt about relationships felt very similar to how he felt about relationships. And it felt very comfortable for him. Felt like he, she really like, they spoke the same language. I think that it also really goes to that quick engagement they have because I think that, you know, dating Jennifer felt really easy and natural for Ben Affleck. There was a lot of like simpatico energy, but feeling easy or like at ease, like there is something about that we want to talk with, with like moon vertex energy, which is like, obviously not all significant relationships in our lives are romantic, but a moon vertex isn't the most like hot and heavy you know, sensual relationship connection. It's kind of like how, you know, the chocolate and tear strained sweatpants that I want to wear around the house, like those are incredibly comfortable to me, but they don't really like challenge me um, or, you know, they aren't something where I like feel my best. Like sometimes we can be comfortable and like it's too comfortable, you know, I think you know. But anyway, the What's more interesting to me, though, is this Neptune vertex conjunction because it is exact. They are both 25 degrees of Scorpio. His vertex is 25 degrees of Scorpio. Her Neptune is 25 degrees Scorpio. And this intense thing makes me think that for Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez is the one that got away. That's his dream girl. Like, he, Neptune, right, is our planet of illusions and like dreams. And I think that the Neptune Vertex meetup is about getting lost in someone, getting lost in a relationship, and at worst, getting lost in the idea of a relationship, like the illusion of a relationship. Like, oh, it's going to be like this, but it's not really like that. And I, you know, I kind of think that this makes sense. Like, I think at the end, like we saw their relationship end last time and it was like, Ben wants to be married. Ben wants to be, you know, like part of this power couple. And then like he goes out and completely sabotages his own relationship. And that feels kind of Neptunian where it's like the illusion is really keeping him there. But the realities of it, he's acting out against. I think that also like there's a certain imagisticness to Neptune, like Neptune rules film. Um, So it's like Neptune Vertex meetup could very easily be like the Jenny from the block video where Ben looks like the pomaded tan Jersey Shore castmate. He was always meant to be. Uh, Thank you for Jen. Thank you, Jennifer. Love it. Very grateful for that moment. Also just talking about Ben's chart. He has planets in Sagittarius and Gemini. So those eclipses that we're all going to be going through, um, call your mutable friends. They're not doing well. 
uh, he has Jupiter and Neptune in the sign of Sagittarius, and they are falling in his sixth house of routine and health, um, and also small pets. And he has his natal Saturn in Gemini, and Saturn really likes being in the 12th house. Um, that's where his is. It's about confinements. It's about hidden places. It's actually also about addiction. There's always a 6-12th parallel, right? Where some people, especially in old astrology, like 6th house is our physical health. And then 12th house is our like emotional psyche health, right? Like our thoughts um, versus like our knee hurting kind of thing. So this is going to be some big eclipse season for him too. These eclipses are going to highlight those houses, the 6th and the 12th for him. And that could be changes to his day-to-day routine. Um, I was going to make a terrible joke and be like, no more Duncan for you, Ben. But I'm kidding. This could be a chance because the 12th house is involved. Like maybe this is a really powerful time for his issues with sobriety. I hope it is. It's hard to say. As always, the rule with eclipses is to expect the unexpected. So I will leave you with this thought. Whether you think Benefer is a stunt or love connection for the ages, please remember that everyone and everything has a birth chart, but yours is a chart of fortune. Thank you for listening to Chart of Fortune. If you have questions, comments, or an ideas for a future episode, email me at chartoffortune at gmail.com or message me on my Chart of Fortune Instagram. Please consider subscribing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other people find this podcast. Um, and if you send me a picture of your review, like a little screenshot to my Instagram, I will mail you a glow-in-the-dark Chart of Fortune sticker. Until next time, please use this Mercury retro shade period to reconcile with your ex like Ben and Jen. Or really don't. Like really, really don't. You know, you guys woke up for a reason, so maybe they should stay that way. Regardless, I love you. Bye-bye.